Hello and good morning, everyone. Only positivity here. I have my coffee with me, ready to explore this new phase of life with you all. So, over the past few years, I have gained a whole new perspective on life, and I've realized that life is too short to not be enjoying yourself while doing great things. So, come along with me as I explore this new lens through fitness, photography, reading, traveling, cannabis, and much more. Looking forward to the journey, guys. And remember, only positivity. And we are off. We're live. Koopa James, what's good, my bro? How are you doing today, what's son? What's up, everybody? We're feeling all right. You know, we out here. We alive. We breathing. Yeah, good? Yeah, yeah. good stuff, man. Dude, I'm, I'm super excited to do this. But before anything, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to Mrs. Jenny Lynn. For setting us up today, man. She's a, she's a real champ in this one right here, bro. Hell yeah, big Jenny Lynn. She is around here somewhere for uh, you know all the coordination, all the logistics. If you're looking for assistance in this ambassador influence world, hit up this person. Everybody needs a Jenny Lynn. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can speak better experience than I can, but dude, she's been so great throughout this whole process, man. Really communicative, really energetic, dude. And from what I'm seeing on Instagram, man, she's uh she's behind the scenes doing a lot of work for you, dude. So it seems like uh, she's the one, homie. Yeah, she's she's invaluable for sure. We've been best friends for twelve, I think twelve long on thirteen years. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you have two personalities. We have a goal. We have a dream. We have an idea, and it's just fitting into roles, right? Like she does what she does. I do what I do. It's a great, it's a great, great partnership. Very lucky yep. to have her. Yes, sir. A little yin yang action going on. No doubt. Oh, yeah. dude. Yes, sir. Um, dude. So you know what I'll do here, bro? Um, I'm going to set a timer for one hour. So I know we got only an hour today. Um, I definitely want to be go. cognizant of your time. So I'm gonna go ahead and hit start and let's just dive in my dude. Um, so, so, you know, first off, man, um, again, aside from all the thank yous and stuff like that, um, I know you're doing your stuff on Instagram. I see you every day live, um, elevator dancing, bro, um, out at the Aloe Mansion, dude, doing your thing, bro. It's like, it's, hey, energy is contagious. But, you know, we'll get to that at the tail end of this, right? So, you know, what I, what I hope to start with is just um, a little bit about uh, uh, little, little Koopa James, you know, if we can go all the way back there, um, and maybe even before Koopa James. So, you know, tell me a little bit about um, your background, where you're from, ethnicity, things like that, because uh, I see you got some brown in you, my dude. So uh, definitely want to hear about, you know, where the parents came from, if they had an immigrant journey. Dive in, my dude. My man, that's a great introduction. Well, thank you for having me as well. And I'm looking forward to the next 55 minutes or so, right? Yes, sir. Where I'm back at the beginning. Um, you know, recently I said this to Jenny, and I'm going to say this on your podcast first. I may use this later on, but like, imagine a little boy named Jimmy Lee Cooper. My mother's from Puerto Rico, uh, immigrated here when she was young, young. My father is from the South. He's from North Carolina, Rocky Mount to be specific. They linked up, they swapped spit a couple of times. Here I am. And <laughs> uh, my dad wasn't around for too much of the journey. They, you know, they couldn't really figure it out. So my mom was for sure the one taking care of the business. And then I was raised, born and raised in Lowell, Nashua, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts, like that area. Hence and the then, Boston Celtics fan. Has the, hence the Celtics fan. Let's go, right? Let's go. Yes. And, uh, so look, man, I had, you know, I had a pretty, I had a, I had a difficult childhood, one full of 
a, a lot of laughter and fun stuff and affection and communication, but also full of like bullying, racism, poverty, single parent abuse. So there was, you know, you just have this, this balance. Everybody oh. has a story, right? Everybody does. Um, how we all bounce back or cope with those things, uh, you know, determines who we're going to be moving forward, right? So, and I'm happy to unpack all of those things. There's no secrets here. But I fast forward to my college days and I was going through some tough times. And that's when I had a, I was having a really hard moment. And there, at the, you know, at the time there weren't a lot of Instagram influencers, ambassadors. There weren't mantras. There weren't like, daily memes all day you know yeah, yeah, yeah it was just you're having a shitty day bro you're having a shitty day it's just a shitty day right and i was in my college room i'm watching eight crazy nights and <laughs> i say Sandler. that because there's yeah because there's a lot of connections one he's an east coast guy two uh his movies for all the pros and cons a lot of them have heart he yeah. does a good job with some heart right yeah so i'm watching eight crazy nights and it must have been the moment where People get goosebumps, get a little emotional, and I start losing my mind. I start crying and shit. And what what was happening was, I was in this space where the world felt difficult, and I didn't know where to go, who to turn to, what to do. So the questions are, why am I broke? Why am I unhappy in this relationship? Yeah. Why am I this? Why am I that? Everybody's been asking questions like, why did I have to be black? It's difficult, fucking being a, bl- a brown person in certain areas, right? It, it's just different things to worry about adversely or comparatively as a female, which I can't speak on, but just speaking to like the other perspectives, right? As a female, yeah. as a person who's a homosexual, right? Like these, it's difficult for people in these, in these categories. And so I was like, you know, why am I this? Why am I that? Why am I black? Why this? And ultimately, and I do consider myself lucky for sure, but ultimately a different voice came from that despair. Yeah. And that voice was, it was, why am I so broke? Why is life so hard? Why am I black? Why couldn't I have two parents? Yeah. And it turned into, well, why are you so broke? And it was, well, you're, you don't have a lot more money because you don't work enough hours. You can get a different job. You can work overtime. You can get more jobs. So I could just use that example just to give the, to express my point, which is my mind shifted from a little bit of the, of the, maybe of the victimization I felt from life and the world to a, it was a choice, but it was like, well, I'm going to take, I'm going to approach the world and not let the world just deliver onto me. Right. Like yep, yep. I'm going to show up to this world. I'm going to change certain things, the things I can change. I'm going to take that and, and make those changes. And it's easier to, I've used this comparison a lot in my life. You, are you familiar with the game Othello? I am. I am. <laughs> That's a it's story. A, no one ever talks about Othello. I get Dude. it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, you know, so, you know, the name of the game is to turn pieces, right? So I've used this, this analogy many times, which is, you know, you, you can only control what you can control. You know this. I know this. Positive thinking is the choice. It isn't always, like, you don't just always wake up happy. Some days you wake up like, not today, right? But you can choose, right? You can choose to start to migrate that energy into a positive place, right? So yep, with yep. Othello, for me, the things I'm able to control, I was able to compartmentalize. Well, I can control my employment status. I can control my relationship status. And so by flipping those two pieces over, 
it created a momentum yeah. and it was easier to flip more pieces over. Or if I got five black pieces, if I could flip over three of them, two black pieces is a lot more manageable than five. Correct. You feel me? Yes, sir. So instead of feeling like a victim of the world and what it was doing onto me, I turned myself into an offensive juggernaut. And I mean, those two words will stay with me forever. So yeah. for me, when you think of Cooper James, you think make moves, energy, fitness, you know, that stuff, right? The Swag. Stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thank you, right? <laughs> but, but for me, my center is like offensive juggernaut. Like I'm not waiting for the world to throw it. Yeah. I'm showing up to the world to give it. Yes, sir. Right. Yep. Yep. And yep. So that's kind of, that's the quickest, that's a quick little born here, raised here. I'm half black, half Puerto Rican. Uh, I wish I spoke Spanish, but my mother, it wasn't in the household. I think that there was a, a lot of times when your parents are not American, right? They are aspiring for their children to have better opportunities. Correct. That's why they're here. So English is king in the house. English, right? It's not, yes. let's teach you both. It's English. Learn the language of th this land. So right. I wish that it wasn't the case because I, I would have, if I could speak Spanish, bro, the game would be over. It would be all over, be dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, if you were dipping in and out, dude, like, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I do what I can with the English. Hey, it's working dude. so far. It's doing all right. Yeah, yeah, dude. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's stop there for a second. Let's start, let's start yeah, opening yeah. some things up, man. So, so, um, this whole situation about, you know, taking back some of the control, right? Where you thought things were happening to you, man. And, and they were, and you, you said, you know, one day they're not going to happen to me anymore. I'm, I'm going to make things happen. Right. So was there, was there a straw that broke the camel's back? Was there an event that where you said, Hey, look, like, you know, I've been feeling some type of way. Now this thing happened and I'm, I'm done. I'm new me. I'm having the rebirth. I'm having the awakening. You know, I think it was, I played college ball. Yeah. D3. I mean, it was, it was back then. If you play sports, you have a soccer jersey on. Did you play football back in the day? Yeah, definitely. Still, I played in college as well. Yeah. I played. Yeah. Right. Played so like, too. you know, athletes, it's a culture, right? Like that's a thing. When you're into a sport, you're into a sport. So basketball was big for me. I was having a difficult time with our coach. He was, it felt like he was trying to change the, uh, you know, he was trying to put his, his name on the thing, right? So yep. I was a senior, I think four, four of six seniors didn't make it that full year. It was, it felt like it was a, you know, a shift change, right? Yeah. He was trying to change the regime a bit and, you know, more power to him. But at 20 years old, it, you were, we're just battling, right? He had his ethos. I had my ethos. We had, we were in a practice and a basketball practice, of course, and uh, at the end of the practice, one of my teammates fouled another one of my teammates pretty hard. And I was like, yo, like, that's way too much. And my coach was like, no, that's what it takes to win. He's going full out. And I was like, it's practice. I go full out, but you can't, you don't want to hurt your teammates. Definitely. And so we ended up having this big fight. Like it was me and my coach. We were fighting. I was a captain. Yeah. So we were, we were fighting practice is over and like you know fighting like your teammates were like yo Cooper calm down and I was like you know fuck that fuck this you're yeah, wrong yeah. bro and he was saying stuff like you don't know what it takes to win and I'm like you mother I mean it was it was we were just you know going back and forth so at the time I was also dating a girl that was pretty toxic so I those two things 
I remember vividly, it was in the, within five days, I was, I'd quit the team nice. and I'd had that epiphany. Uh, so that was kind of a, that was a tough moment because I walked away from basketball essentially at, in that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're giving up some of the things you love and know for a long time and that you're familiar zone. Yeah. Right. And, and these are all, these are all really helpful for me, man. So I really appreciate you sharing this stuff. And, you know, before we go any farther back, like, you know, on that note about competition, man, like, I think competition is a, is a good thing to a certain degree, right? Like, you know, like when, when you're up in the morning doing your thing that, and I'm seeing, I'm like, yo, what am I doing? Am I up? Am I, am I out and about? Am I getting my steps in? Am I getting my work working? That's a good level of competition where we're like, we're building each other up. Right. And then there's that toxic level of competition where it's like, no, I'm going to be better than you. And I, the only way I'm going to get ahead is by putting you down. And I don't think anyone should be really teaching that type of shit because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, sports is an industry and you learn from it, but you got, you learn to care for your brothers, right? You learn to care for your team. And that's, that's where success is, man. So I'm, I'm happy you, you said, fuck it to that guy, man. He, you don't need that type of shit in your life. You know what I'm saying? Your whole, your whole thing is built on uplifting others now. So look at you, bro. You know, fuck them, man. Um, but uh, in any case, in any case, man, not to get all, uh, all cathartic about that. But um, so, so if we go back, we go back to um, when, uh, when, you know, mama James came over from Puerto Rico, right? So she came here. Um, and, and she, she, you said she settled where she was in Massachusetts. She was in Massachusetts. Now in, yeah. in Massachusetts, what, what was her lifestyle like th that you can remember from when you were a kid? Well, her life before my mother had a pretty, from what I remember, yeah. she had a troubled childhood herself. There okay. was, you know, she was outside a lot. She started back in the day, uh, smoking cigarettes was like, you know, it was right. bad. It was so bad. So she started smoking at a young age, hung out on the streets a bit. She was like a street smart kind of woman, really sassy, uh, knew the police enough, you know, like she was involved, you know, just around it a little bit. Yep, yep. Didn't get along with the folks too much. There are seven. She has seven siblings total. Yep. Uh, she's somewhere in the middle. And man, my mother, she was bomb when I was a kid. She was so dope. She was, she's a young mom. She was she was pregnant with me at 19. Wow. So, so she's only 20 years older than me. So I'm 39. She's 59. Wow. She's young. Yeah, she's young. So yeah. uh, but she was like, when you're growing up with a young mom, you have a young mom. So you have a mom that's still hip, trendy, knows what's going on. And so in that regard, it was so dope having a younger mom because, I mean, I was a mama's boy too, but what oldest boy isn't a mama's boy right right 100 <laughs> yeah I, I get i get as an adult like there's mama's boys but like every boy is a mama's boy for for a couple of years yeah at so, least she was my best friend we were super close i remember her being funny sense of humor witty very independent very uh you know today you would say no fucks given you know so like if if the fries weren't hot she was going back in the store. Like I want hot fries. Can Let's I get go. Hot fries? That was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That was the, and you were embarrassed. Like, oh my God. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now I'm the dude, like, you know, my fries are cold. Can I get some hot fries? Warm this shit so, up, you know, dude. You, you know, you learn that shit. So she was, she was bomb back then. Um, that's what I remember about her the most. Sense of humor, independent. She was the mom and the dad. You know yeah. what I mean? And she was fair. It felt like she taught fair in the house. Very good. Very good. And what was her, what was her schedule like? As a mom? 
Yeah. Like I'm assuming being the single mom situation, she's probably working a lot, you know what I mean? Um, doing her thing for the family and, you know, maybe potentially, you know, letting you figure things out on your own too, as well, you know? You know, kind of the opposite. My okay. mother was, she was a home mom. She was home. So we were raised on a bunch of government programs like welfare, section eight food stamps, I mean, wow. all of those things, right? For mm -hmm, me to play mm -hmm. basketball as a kid, other families would pay for me to register. We couldn't, I couldn't afford it. Yeah. So, so it was tough in that, in that, in that department, right? Like we didn't have a lot of resources. Uh, so she was home. So she thought it was important to be home with her kids because devil makes work for idle hands. You know, a lot of kids where the parents are working nine to five. This is, I can't say this for all, all kids, right? But like, right, right. it's not uncommon when kids are left to their own devices, they get into shit, yes, right? It's just, correct. right, peer pressure is more prevalent. And my mother was home. So she had her finger so tight on my pulse that, I mean, I was, it was very militant growing up. Right, okay, um, okay. You know, she had to know, she had to know you and know your parents and like your parents or I couldn't hang out with you. Yep, yep. You, that's just how it went. <laughs> yes, sir. So, uh, it, so she was very much involved in my life. She was at all my games. So her schedule was pretty much her kid's schedule. She, she was with us all the time. She started to work as we got older. And then um, I don't think my mother likes authority that much. So I don't think the nine to five job was her bag. Yep. I think as an adult now, and not to take credit from her, I, I love that she was home with us because the things I learned and that were instilled in me with a mom who was there all the time, um, I wasn't able to go in one ear and out the other. It was like in one ear and repeated and it stayed here because yeah. she was right there to go. I just told you to finish cleaning your room, you know, versus like the parent who says that and then goes to work. My mother right. was in the house. So I wouldn't change that. But as I got older, it felt like maybe she doesn't like working as much as, much <laughs> yeah. as, as, much as so. It's well, dude, you're just doing the objectivity, right? You just got to objectively do a little deep dive on that, man. That's what we're here yeah. for, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> dude, I feel you, man. And that's interesting. You know, I never, um, you know, when, when you were describing to me your story at the high level, I was thinking maybe, you know, there's going to be a little bit of like, you know, she's busy providing for the family um, and there's a little bit of neglect there, maybe causing you to, you know, like you're saying, the, the, the stereotypical stuff, man. Um, but on a comical note, what was, the, what was her view on sleepovers, dude? No, no go on those or were you allowed to go out to those things my mom was a no. hell no on those dude Word, she yeah, was no. yeah. he was like dude come back i'll come get you at 10 dude you know <laughs> oh no my my mom i think my mom loved being a mother but i also think she enjoyed uh like her free time right because right. she was a young mom was young. so yeah, yeah. my mother i remember let's say 10 to 13 you know she would still maybe like maybe more like eight to 13, you know, she was still going to nightclubs. You know what I'm saying? Oh, she was okay. only like 28 yeah, you know I mean? yeah. with, with an eight-year-old. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's like, she was 28 with an eight-year-old. So she was, so she would still go to nightclubs and we'd have babysitter. Like I remember those days, but for me sleeping out, I don't think she minded, but again, it was like, I have to know it's, it's, uh, it's Omar. It's not Omar. It's Omar. It's Omar. Yeah. Omar. So she'd be like, I have to know Omar. I have to know his parents. And if she knew and liked your parents, she'd ask on the phone, hey, what it, you know, I know hey. Cooper and Elmer are talking about having a sleepover. Was it cool? And then if it was all Gucci, then it was cool. I didn't mind it. I love being outside the house. So she wasn't, she was strict, but not about sleepovers, but she had to know the parents. 
Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And you know, uh, and then so so something you had mentioned earlier, man. By the way, I you do not seem 39, my dude. I was gonna guess 30, 30-ish, you know, around there, man. You got got the young soul in you, bro. Um, I was like, this dude's only a year or two older than me, man. But um, dude, anywho, anywho. Uh do, do you have kids, by the way, Koopa? Negative. Negative. Okay. So 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 you let me know. Um has, has did any of your your mom stuff right any of that stuff impact your decisioning on the starting up a family and you know if if not so you know the traditional path is like right at a certain point 34 35 wherever you're at right have a kid start the family things like that and i'm always interested to hear folks who aren't walking the traditional path right like yourself like myself um what tell me get me in there man what what is what is your view on that type of situation like what are you rooting for like what's what's your legacy if you got one or anything like that what do you what are you trying to do man well I'll start with the kid thing yeah yes, yeah, yeah yeah my my childhood and of course everybody's situation is different this is my experience yeah for me a couple of things with the kid thing one my childhood was taken from me at a young age so I felt robbed so now I don't want to, I want to play as an adult. I want to play yes, sir. Speaks to my personality, the choices <laughs> I make. I drive a motorcycle for a living. Like I'm an adult child. You know what I mean? Yeah, so dude. that's one thing. The, and then as far as having kids, I love children. I love inspiring. I love educating. I love being a part of, I love teams. You know, I love that shit, but this world is, is a little, is, is a little janky these days. I, it just doesn't excite me to, to think about bringing children in, into a world that's, that's, that's this polarizing. And I've been here for 39 years. And yes, we can all say it's getting better, but it feels like it's getting worse. So wow. I just don't, I'm not really on, on the boat of like, I have to bring kids in just because people often say, you'd be such a great father. And I'm like, did you think I was doubting my ability to be a father? It's a choice not to. Yeah to be a father. I think I'd be a phenomenal father. Right. I just don't know if I want to, if I want to bring children that would want to, whatever it is. I also am not swearing it off. My lifestyle is, should I find a woman who knocks my socks off? Uh, it could be a conversation, but yeah. I for sure am not, I'm not anticipating it. I'm not planning on it. It's not something that I'm like, oh, you know, once I find a woman, I will then start a family. I'm fine just jumping on a jet being like when you off work at six i'll meet you at the airport let's, let's go get out of here let's yeah, go hell yeah. <laughs> yo dude that's inspiring as fuck dude i i really appreciate that man that's that's some real honesty there dude and you know i i resonate with a lot of that dude and one thing you know you'll hear a lot is people are just so dead ass that that's the step right they're like yep you gotta have a hey yeah, man this it's this is what you do and i'm like that that in itself doesn't seem like like it's really there for you right let's if you're kind of like eh, yeah. that's that's just what I, i'm like what like you know what i mean like there, there's things i could tell you that i do want to do for a matter of fact like i do want to go travel i do like working out every day i do want to connect with people i'm super dead ass about that but if you give me a kind of shrug and like i'm gonna do this what the fuck you know get away from me dude because like i don't you don't need that kind of energy in your life anyway, no, right? And there's no, so many sure. different outcomes, man. There's so many different outcomes in life. And when I meet people like you, when I talk to different people, I'm like, yo, people are still doing great things. They're still inspiring. And if, like you said, if we want to be fathers, anything we committed to, we would be excellent in it. So I would be, I would be a great yeah. father, but I just don't want to commit to that. I want to commit to doing something else, something that brings me fulfillment. And like you said, oh, you feel yeah. a little bit slighted. 
from your childhood, rectify the shit, right? Come forward, do your thing, be a child now, just like you're saying, man. So again, man, I'm, I, you're knocking my socks off right now, bro. So we're, we're fucking out here. <laughs> um, anyway, let's, let's, let's keep it moving. Let's go back a little bit more, right? So, so as, you, as you become like an adolescent, right? Cooper James, you know, uh, middle school, high school, um, how did some of the, these things like, you know, not having the dad around and, you know, the mom still being up, being up on you all day, how does that affect you growing up into your adult years? Well, my adolescence, I was raised around a lot of middle-class people. Okay. So, when, so the, with the government aid programs for anybody who listens to this, who is unaware, right? Like housing is one of them, section eight. So they um they pay the majority of a family's rent who can't otherwise pay for it which allows you to live in a better neighborhood um because you it's a more it's a higher rent right 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 so or else i would have lived in the projects so i wasn't raised in the projects i was raised in like middle class yep and so what ended up happening was yes i wasn't in the in the hood or in the projects but i was surrounded by people who had more than i had and so even though it was good for me not to learn some of those antics, I grew up feeling less about myself because I, if I looked around, I always had less yeah. than everybody else around me. Yeah. So the downside to living in the middle class was that I, my identity was attached to uh, monetary, my monetary status. And so my identity struggled because I felt poor. So I felt like I was poor in my identity. And then I was bullied in uh, middle school picked on quite a bit, uh, and then a little bit of racism. So again, everybody has a story, and yes. I could have gone different directions with each one of these experiences, but, um, and we can get into this in a second, but like, I had some pretty particular and specific role models, persons of guidance, yeah. athletes, whatever it was, right? And I just attached myself to those things, or else I for sure would be a different human being. Yeah. So the bullying thing, um, the poverty thing, the racism thing, that was all in my adolescent years. Yeah. So, and I wasn't, I wasn't Puerto Rican. I didn't speak Spanish. I was, I'm too, I'm too articulate to be black. <laughs> okay. Right? All right. All I right. don't fucking love that bullshit. I'm yeah. Get out of here. At all. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 you know, you're in high school and middle school and you're kind of lost. I was made fun of by my own races, black and Puerto Ricans alike. I got yeah. picked on more from them than white people. But then I got racism from like older white people, like parents yeah. or coaches or organizations. So it was just weird dynamic for me. Look, you could be shitty and wear any skin. I don't give a shit what color your skin is. If you suck, you suck. You know what right. I'm saying? So yep. I don't have, I have preconceived notions, but I think that they're funny. Like if you're Jewish, I'm like, oh, are you cheap? I think that's hilarious. I don't think yeah. that it makes you a lame person. I'm like, oh, so you're cheap. If you're Asian, I'll drive. You bad driver. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> like, I'll like, drive. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> but, then, but then also, there's there's Asians that are like fast and furious, motherfucker, doing like you know donuts in traffic. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? So preconceived dude. notions all day. Acting on those preconceived notions is what makes you a piece of shit to be. So, yeah. you know, when you have those experiences as a kid, and how terrible you feel, how lost you can feel as a person. Um, not that you were asking this question, but as an adult, for sure, it's part of my ethos yep. to, you spoke on legacy earlier. Part of what I want to do while I'm alive is just 
essentially hold space for other motherfuckers. They, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from, but if it's fitness related, I don't even care. I just know that for these 45 minutes, we're going to get busy and we're going to all work collectively and explore universal commonalities. Yep. Yep. Right? yep. So universally, you could come from a different religion, but we're both hitting these burpees, right? <laughs> Culturally, yeah. you maybe you kiss men on both cheeks. Sure, hit these push-ups. Like in this room, bro, the culture is we work. Your work yes. is your status, right? Yes, sir. How much work you put into yourself into the workout. So, and it's not for me, it's for you. When you do the workout, you should feel proud about 30 push-ups or 35 push-ups. It's for me to give you a high five. And I can co-sign it, but motherfucker, that has to be, that's your juice, right? So um, the way I approach the world is to be a coach that is not a preachy coach. I'm yeah. not telling you how to live your life. I'm living the life I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, hey, maybe you don't like that nine to five job. You could change it, but you got you to have that conversation internally. Yeah. And I'm happy to be right next to you and talk shit, but like, it has to be from, for me, it has to be from within. Because then it's, when it's intrinsic, I think the longevity of it lasts longer and you reap the rewards. If I make you, right, you're never going to be as excited as I am because I made you. But if you make you, that's yours. No one can take that shit from you. Yes, sir, dude. That you know is, mean? yes, yes, yes. That is so good, man. I, that is gold right there, bro. It's, are you guys listening to this? Like, am I, but, <laughs> uh, man, dude. Oh man. Let's, let's, let's go into that a little bit, dude. Um, all right. So, so you say this thing about, let's, let's start at the back, the racism thing, right. Um, you know, yeah. you know, like there, there are some commonalities, right. There are some commonalities across things. Um, but what do you call like, you know, I'm Indian, you know, you could throw a Seven Eleven joke at me, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I probably own a few back home, you know, <laughs> but um, what do you call <laughs> Anywho, anywho, we'll leave it there, dude. But dude, within the Indian race, man, there's different types of Indian. Like I'm a specific type of Indian and the other Indians are racist against the same folks. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, bro, come on now. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but anywho, anywho. So, you know, if we, if we talk about the, the, the latter half of what you said here, um, you know, what I'm finding interesting about, you know, me happening upon your page a lot is that exactly what you just said. It's like, you know, I don't have to live the life that Koopa James is living, right? But what I do know is that motherfucker is enthusiastic about his life, right? He is not begrudgingly getting up every day and dragging himself to things. Everything is hype energy. And it's like, you know, you, you would almost think that that's fake if you didn't have a taste of it. Right. But you're like, no, 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 dude, that is real. That is real. That is, that is wealth. That is achievement. That is life goals right there. You know, fuck money, fuck cars, fuck all that stuff. If I could wake up with a fraction of the energy, right. That you pour forth every day, then I'd be all right. I'd be just fine. Right. And, and like you said, we're going to get in, we're going to get up, even though I'm not in the gym with you, I'm not working with you, man. I'm going to put that work in today, right? I'm going to put it in. And that's what you and I can bond on right in this moment, right? Now, yeah. when we, when we, when we, when a question that comes out of that, man, a question that comes out of that is how, how do you, how do you stay this high energy, man? Like what, what are some, like, I'm sure that there's some time that you need to yourself without, you know, noise, stimulation, things like that. But there's probably a, a subset of other things that keep you in this really, really energetic phase, man. Now, if, if you're willing to share some of the secret sauce, man, you know, throw it out there, homie. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I get asked that's, I mean, that's pretty much the number one question is, you know, how, how are you so positive? And the next question is, where do you get this energy from? It seems like it's all the time. Um, you know, look, 
I've never been diagnosed with anything that would speak to it, but if I was to throw out some sans portfolio science facts, right? It would be, if you think of the normal bell curve, you're gonna have, most people are in that, in that, in that, in the, in the majority, right? And then you have your people who are super smart and your people who are really difficult, difficulties with comprehension. It's just how it goes. Yep. Everybody's in the middle, right? Athletics, you have your ultimate athletes, your elite, and you have people who just don't have a bone in their body for sports. You can go across the board with that. Anywhere from health to, to, to the brain, how we think about ourselves. All right. So for me, I just, I just put a pin in, oh, I just happen to be in the upper echelon or over here, whatever it has to be of energy. I think I was just born with an uncanny amount of energy. So I don't know that it is something that I do. I don't take anything for it. I don't even drink caffeine because I would, I'm just like this. Yeah. So, and I'm high on a regular basis. I mean, I found edibles at 33 years old. I'm now 39 and it's every single day because it helps me, um, real talk, it helps me calm down a little bit because I'm so hyper. So I think that's one thing, right? Science portfolio, science-wise, I think it's just, you're going to have some people who are super energetic. Yeah. He just happened to find two areas uh, where he can use that shit and it works, which is music, fitness, and just overall lifestyle, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in terms of what do I do? What are the ups and downs like, so to speak? Uh, I have to kind of, again, science portfolio, I have to kind of speak about marketing and branding. Uh, one of the things I was raised on was reputation is everything. Yep. I don't know that I understood it when I was 10, but at, at 39, I'm like, reputation is everything. How people speak about you when you're not in the room will determine your level of success. Yes. And if they say Amr, and then someone in the group is like, oh, yeah, what about him? Yeah. Good, good luck. Good luck. But when you say Cooper James, you're like, oh, is he the bald guy? Well, fuck. Oh, he's like, oh, that guy. <laughs> hey, Everybody hey. fucking says. Everybody says the same shit. Right? <laughs> um, I mean, I got a couple of exes that would be like, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> so, but like for the most They're part, lost. the brand is, yeah, the brand, <laughs> no, no. So, the brand is energy, positive. Um, and, and so that's the brand I choose to put out. So I just don't choose to record myself when I'm on the couch watching six hours of an animation on Netflix. Like I just am choosing not to be like, I've been on the couch for seven hours watching cartoons. Like I don't record that, but it, it, it happened. Um, yeah. Getting high helps me relax a lot. Going for motorcycle rides. But I don't have, what I'm trying to get at without talking for too long is, is Do your thing, man. What, what I put out there creates the brand and it perpetuates what I'm already saying, what I'm speaking, what I'm thinking, what I'm living. <clears throat> People get caught up in what they're not seeing. So if they don't see you sleep, they think you don't sleep, which right. is like, what are we doing? Like yeah. for real? You know what I mean? So we're forgetting that social media was a choice for a person. A person had to put that online. That We're forgetting that that person chose not to put other things online. Right. Like the amount of relationship couples who are not happy in real life is mind boggling. Cringe, you know? big cringe, dude. But they're not putting that online. They're not right. putting it online until they break up. And then they're both like the break up video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey. So <laughs> I just, I, I don't choose to put my love life. My love life doesn't go online. Yep, it just yep. doesn't need to. It doesn't mean that it should or shouldn't. I just don't, I just haven't done that. Right. I keep yep. it. I'm just a gentleman about that stuff. Right. 
So that doesn't go on. Um, if I'm upset or mad or sad, it's not that I wouldn't put it online. It's that I'm in a way promoting to other people. You can have a sad moment, but don't stay there forever. Right. 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 So when I have a sad moment, I'm not even there long enough to be like, let me record this one sad moment to show people that I have sad moments. Like, and I've had managers and brand managers and agents and they're like, you've got to show more of your life. And I'm like, have you not seen my fucking story? I'm showing plenty. Yes. Plenty, yes. Right. Like it, it's okay to have a, okay. Like we're going to close the door here. I'll get back to you guys. I don't live. I don't live to create content so that someone in Yugoslavia can be motivated by me walking down my hallway. Unfortunately, that's not why I put content online. I put content online because I enjoy sharing parts of, of my life and aspects of what this life is like and the grind that it entails. You know what I mean? Yeah. I put just as much stuff about how hard this life is on my memes as if I put out stuff that life is great. But it's like, if you're only choosing to filter it and see the positive shit, you're going to think my life never has bad moments. But if you take a closer look, like I'm putting everything out there online. I put like memes that are offensive to everybody at one point. <laughs> or another. It's like, it's a free for all, bro. Like if the show, if the shoe fits where I think. Dude, uh, no, all knowledge, man, all knowledge. And it's, it's all really good stuff for me, man. And I, I, I can appreciate that. You know, you, you're sharing this with me, dude. It's, it's interesting because you know, we, we live in such a cancel culture, nitpicky world, right? Everyone's trying to find out something that you're not doing or whatever you're doing. You got to put a negative slant on it. And first of all, you know, fuck that. Like that's toxicity. We don't need any of that, man. We're here on good vibes to build each other up. Right. And then secondly, yeah, dude, you and me, we both get sad. You don't think we're not sitting here just like, you know, just splurging all the time. But like what sure. I do is what we do is, is when we're sad, we don't, we put the stuff away. We triage the sadness, right? I remediate and I problem solve and I think of an action plan to go forward. And I will share that information with you, but it wouldn't be as, as polished as it was if I recorded that whole process, right? Like I'm going to share with you the tools I use to, with my emotional intelligence to, you know, be mature in conversation, to listen instead of before I talk and leave my opinion out of shit. I'll tell you that, but I do that in practice. I'm not going to record that in practice. Like, what does that mean? You know? Um, so, you know, I, I'm resonating with all these things, man. You just got to like, you got to have a hard shell up here, dude. You know, just like let, let that bounce off of you. But sadness to your point, man, is a routine part of life, bro. We don't sit and get up smiling all the time. You know, what do you think of dude? Oh, I want to, I want to highlight a few things real quick. One, you just dropped a couple of gems right there. So like, and I want to co-sign them, like, <laughs> absolutely right. Like, listen, like triage that shit. Like, all right, oh, I'm having a moment, right? Pull off the side of the road, metaphorically speaking, handle that shit, explore it. If you made a mistake, be mad at yourself, regret it, right? I think a little while ago, I was, I, I didn't put it on TikTok yet. It's in my drafts, but it was like, <laughs> you know anything about me? Like, I regret mad shit. You know, I'm not one of these like, oh, live without regrets. I'm like, no, 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 listen, listen. I regret that shot that I took that night. Yeah, like pull off the side of the road, metaphorically speaking, or whatever, or literally, you know, handle that shit. If you, if, you know, the it's coping skills, coping skills. Lucky enough, I feel, I feel fortunate. Coping skills therapy was something that was in my childhood. Um, and I cannot express or press coping skills enough without getting too like wooey with it. But it's like, nah, listen, the ability to critical think through 
not just a logistical problem, but an, an emotional problem. Yeah, Trauma. yeah, yeah. Nobody's above reproach. So I just wanted to highlight you for saying that because triage the moment. Yes. Because everybody's not going to have the skills you have or maybe that I have or whatever, because I'm not above anybody else. But my coping skills are good. I have good coping skills. So I'm able to take that thing, dissect it, you know, maybe better than others at times. And then I act on that stuff. Then to just get online and be like, blah, 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 which is also fine if that's your jam. Like, that's your, yep. live and let live, live and let live, right? Yes, it's sir. Finger pointing. That's when I get off. It's the finger pointing, the, the internal, the in race racism you mentioned earlier. There's a lot of that with blacks as well, right? So, yep, like, yep, yep. it's the finger pointing. As soon as someone starts doing this, it, it's, it's troublesome. Dude, toxicity lives, bro. And it, Dude, just when you think you figured out your variables for success, you get humbled by life right away. And, and, and t- dude, as we go back to like when you started, when you started your fitness journey, right? And, and by the way, right? So, um, me and my wife, we, we've been doing the Chris DePaulo videos for years, bro. And like, we're just like, man, Koopa in the back clowning all the time, dude, you know, talking about this one punch. He's like, man, I love that punch. I'm like, dude, this dude is hype as fuck right now, you know? But um, anywho, anywho, anywho. So, so when, when you first started your fitness journey, man, I'm sure you were networking and things like that, getting some, you know, social media presence. Tell me about this emotional journey that was happening. Because I know like, you know, when I started social media, man, I was like, Dude, like uh, a few years ago, it was only in 2020 when I started my Instagram account. But like, you know, I would even have those inklings. I would never say anything but like, oh, dude, I followed that motherfucker. Why isn't he following me back? Or like, you know, like just some of the toxic vibes in the air, dude, just that you get your ego involved. And for a little bit, I stopped for like six months. I was like, dude, get off this. You're you're turning into somebody else. Um, but tell me a little bit about that. Did you go through any of those ups and downs? Yeah, you know, I had, a, I had an other... The Instagram account I have now is my second one. My first one was hacked uh, oh. four years ago. So I had a moment then. Um, I also just have general thoughts about the social media thing in general, of course, right? Um, yeah. I'm right on the cusp. I was born in 82. So I'm on the cusp of, I used the phone that did this. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I did that. <laughs> yeah. I, I used dial-up on AOL when it yeah. first came out. Like yeah. that was real life. So I've seen those days, but also I see how amazing iPads are. Right. <laughs> and right. I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't we do this? This is great. So I love, and I, lo- I love technology. So with the ups and downs of the social media, um, and if, it, if this lands with anybody, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that that could be helpful um, because we see a lot of the toxicity in the social media, of course. I think like in life, um, social media what it did was if you worked in an office space what social media did was it it got rid of all the walls and everybody had a megaphone yep yep. now you hear and see everything right and so i think it's important for people to create disciplines for themselves um and to avoid you know certain pitfalls it is the people who have created social media are smarter than i'm ever gonna gonna be and their level of comprehension is like aliens. I mean, these guys are brilliant people and their ability to They're collect there, data yeah. and that they know how we eat, shit, breathe, sleep, fuck, fuck they, all of it. And yeah. so they just, they just throw it in our face all day long. They know you're feeling excited and they show you motivational quotes. They know you're in a bad mood because they saw you 
at a restaurant late at night, they saw your girlfriend's post and they saw that shit was negative. They yep. know you're in a bad place. And here you come get all these like relationship memes on Instagram. And so understanding that, you know, um, a little bit without putting a tin hat on, just saying, hey, they're collecting data 24 seven. They're always listening. And so try to remind yourself of that when you are, uh, when you're thinking of some dangerous things and things don't make you feel very good about yourself. It's like, yeah. hey, listen, this thing is designed almost to make you feel euphoric, right? And right. like you're on top of the world and like you're under the church, bro, right? With no air. Dude. So spot on. Try to, you know, try to visualize it a little bit and, and just understand that like, hey, this is kind of out of my control a little bit. Remove the ego. Yeah. You know, this is not helping me at all. So if you got to separate from it for a minute, you know, again, live and let live. For me, I try not to make decisions like that. I think they're a little bit too emotional, personally. Yes, correct. And like, if I'm talking to a girl and then we stop talking, I don't unfollow her. Like, I'm just like, whatever, bitch, live, live <laughs> on my gram forever. Do your thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And now, if her, if her posts make me feel uncomfortable or I start having yep. weird thoughts for whatever reason, then yeah, maybe I'll unfollow her or maybe I'll mute her account. But I'm, I, I try not to like, you know, pull the trigger on being super quick all the time. But I also have enough boundaries up to know if I'm hanging out with you for the first time at dinner uh, and, and you say like four or five comments and I'm like, me and this guy probably wouldn't get along. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not looking to keep that conversation going yep. after that night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, find yep. people that are, that, are, that are in your tribe, but also find people that think differently, but you still share commonalities with. Because if two people are, are in the same room, always agree. One of you is in the wrong room. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. You, you want people to push your thought a little bit without it being like, you can't say Trump or Biden in the same fucking room without people losing their minds. Dude. Like, calm the fuck down. Dude, I, you, the way, sorry, I was a bit of, a I love it. Dude, hell yeah, man. I love it, bro. Like, I love the way you put that. I, that is super articulate, man. And I 100% am on the same page with you, dude. So, you know, first of all, with this whole like ego thing, right? That's the overarching thing. That motherfucking thing will crawl back up on you when you don't even know it, dude. It'll crawl into your subconscious and you're like, dude. And I, sometimes I'll stop and be like, who the fuck cares, man? No one cares about your podcast. Nobody cares about it, dude. You care about it. And that's the only person that needs to care. Right. And I was like, yes, you know, so rationalizing, trying to understand that when is my ego coming into play? Am I trying to be better than this dude? Am I, am I, am I, am I being overly criticistic about this person? You know what I mean? In a way that I don't need to be. And because, yeah. because if they're different than me, that's good. That's good. And I can understand that and I can learn more about it. And I try to be objective and truly get into their brain. Right. Without being like, Oh, that's no, that just isn't my thing. Right. And I, I, it's, it's very interesting, bro, because not a lot of people have these types of mentalities that you and I have and are just trying to experience life, dude. And you can, someone can go their whole fucking life with this wall up, dude. And then when they retire or they're on their deathbed, they have these thoughts like, oh man, what if I was kinder? What if I was, what if I had more experiences? And I'm sitting there like, dude, that shit is today, bro. You do that right now, my dude. And, and, and things will, good things will come to you, man. It doesn't always got to be financial and shit like that, bro. It could be just a good vibe. You know, those are, that's wealth to me, man. Um, Hell anyway, yeah. you know, Hell yeah. 
Um, but any case, any case, man. So, you know, what, what I'm, what I, what I was really interested to hear that you, that you were just talking about is, is this notion of like, what I took was expectations, right? Um, expectations in life can really, I think, fuck somebody up. And I think if, you know, for me personally, with the social media thing, when I started, I had some expectations of it, right? Or maybe I had some expectations of my friendships and my loved ones and things of that sort. I expected them to do certain Mm -hmm. things for me or be there for me at certain times. And, you know, when I peeled back those expectations, man, and said, I expect nothing of anyone, you know, Uh, I expect no engagement. I expect nothing at all. I'll, I'll deal with all of it by myself. I found that I was more powerful than I've ever been, you know, and, and I see you out here, man. I see you out here. You know, you got, you got Jenny Lynn, you got a good group of, du- of dudes and girls and, you know, people around you, but I'm, I'm sure Koopa, Koopa sometimes is in this bubble, right? And you got to protect that bubble, man. You got to protect the things that come at you and bounce off of you, dude. And like over time, man, if, if you can let me in on a little insight here, how, how do you, how do you maintain that hard shell, bro? Because I know, I know somewhere just from the onset here, there's, there's a soft guy in there somewhere, right? There's a softie in there, but I'm sure you don't let that out too often, right? You don't share that with too many people. So, so give me what, give me some of what this hard exterior is like, man. What, how, how do you form it, dude? How do you stay strong? I think I, this is going to sound overly simplified and I'll try to unpack it a little bit. For me, my strength is in my vulnerability for sure. Okay. That's where my strength comes from. So uh, every day I am unquestionably motivated by insecurities, by uh, humility, by expectations. So I live in those spaces, not, they don't monopolize my mind all day, but I'm never afraid of exploring those feelings or moods or sensations when they approach. So like in the house that, that Cooper James built where I live with Jenny Lynn and what, we're, what we've done together, some things that, we've, that we, that we uh, live by is like everything in this house is a conversation. Everything. Nice. It yes, could be, yes. it could be why Domino's over Papa John's. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, I like them both, but like Papa John's has Shaquille O'Neal on the board and <laughs> black, the black owned. So fuck Domino's, right? Like, yes, yes, yes. But it's a conversation, right? And so we talk about everything, right? Women, men, politics, it has to be explored because com- to me, communication, it's, it's so, but it's, it's everything and not just external communication, but internal Yes. communication yes so that goes back again ties into the to the um what was i talking about a moment ago communication with yourself coping skills right so having that communication and having having the coping skills so for me where you get the shelf from is life life is hard life's going to kick you in the dick whenever it feels like it. it's going to be unexpected and it's always going to be like 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 not today Right. When does bad shit happen? When you were expecting it to happen. Right. Like, right, like right. we don't have control over that shit. So that's just going to come and it's going to come in flurries and combos and fucking and it's relentless. Right. But the world is never going to stop spinning. So at least for me, I live in a vulnerable, a vulnerable space where I explore all those things interchangeably all day long. I could be, be teaching a class of 500 people when everybody's doing burpees and they're loving it, people are shouting and I could have an insecure moment. And I'm like, oh shit, I feel insecure right now. Like, like I, I got that guy's name wrong in the fourth row. Okay. Two columns over. Like 
I fucking called him Amar, and it's Amar, son of a bitch. And, Damn it. and you guys are like, you guys are like killing it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm in my head like, you fucking asshole. You got to get the names right, bro. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, because that was that was a moment missed, right? If I had said Amar, you would have been like, this motherfucker saw me and no, remembers my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's the thing. So I can have that moment while I'm doing my thing, and, and just keep it moving because like. I'm not bulletproof, right? I feel it. I feel the shit, right? Um, but my strength comes in the fact that, like, you can't always be bulletproof. Like, them shits are going to penetrate. So when they yep. penetrate, again, triage, right? So, like, I do a quick triage, and then it's practice. I've been like this since I was literally 20 years old. Um, that was three and a half years after uh, college, college, and I was, yeah. a, uh, I was a psych major, so I was very much into, like, how this worked. Then I found yes. philosophy and I just, they all make love to me, like philosophy, psychology, life experience, nurture, nature. I mean, that's where I live. So my vulnerability is what makes me so strong. I can hold space for other men. I can hold space for women. I do not come across like a threat. And while physically I could be intimidating to a person in person, I think I'm a relatively gentle guy. Like I'm a yeah. gentle dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude. That that's straight up, man. And you don't you don't uh, emanate any aggressive vibes, man. So I'll I'll say that, dude. Um, but uh, I won't I won't speak I won't speak for anybody else though. But uh, what do you call? So, you know you know, um, man, dude. That you, you know this this whole notion you mentioned about being a being a model for men, dude. I you know that that that's that's really good. I I think that's a great way to give back, man. You know, for for the longest time, you know even with my friends, bro, my, my boys, like we were not able to tell each other that we like cared for each other, you know, like as, as lame as that may sound. Right. Like, but it's like, dude, you know, man, you're my best friend, bro. Like, like that's what's up, man. Like it, look how far we've come. Right. We, we wouldn't do those things. And I would be like, man, you know, and then, you know, as I've gotten older, right. Like I'm 30 years old, but like, you know, people I've seen people like pass away, man. And then, and, and have that moment of like, Oh, I wish I, you know, like, I wish I said that to them, you know, and like, you know, now it's like, you got to live intentionally, man. If you, if you like something, yeah. say you like it. If you don't like it, say you don't like it. And if you're respectful and it checks your rubric of like Koopa's guidelines or Umar's guidelines of communication, then I'm all good. I really don't give a fuck, you know? And I think a lot of, a lot of men specifically go through their lives with this hard shell, like my dad specifically, you know, very infrequently i've i could count maybe on one hand how many times he might have said i love you in life and things like that right but it's like dude you don't want to be laying on your deathbed not saying these things that you mean right Facts. And, Facts. and 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 dude dance in the fucking elevator man like you know <laughs> did it make you happy yeah dude i'm doing the shit i want to do man i'm gonna you know i'll go have a concert in the bathroom right now bro and like well it'll be fun it'll be fun and like yeah I, dude, I mean, that's not even a question, bro, but that's just something really like phenomenal. I think that you just mentioned was just setting an example for other men like yourself, bro. Like be happy. It's okay. Dude, give yourself a break sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's cool to fuck the chest. Yeah. It's cool to yeah. fuck the chest. And that's necessary at times, of course, but, but for sure though, there is a, we're missing, a, we're missing half the battle. Like how are you not, you're with your boys all the time until you get married, right? Yeah. It's, so without being uh, repetitive and redundant, for sure I live in that space. One of my homeboys right now, I've told men I love them my whole life. I, I don't, but I was raised by women and I was, you know, how I was raised and certain things I did as a kid uh, really helped shape my personality and how I express myself. But expressing myself is 
is why I have the engagement and the following I do have because without being a role model to men, I am helping men open up and express. You and really not are. Feel man. Like, and feel like it's not cool. Like, like, no, it is extra cool to, to do this, like to be loving and to be loved. Like, it's cool. That's cool, brother. It's an, we're here for an experience. It's an experience. You know? Yeah, dude, lean into it. Without, yeah, you got to lean. You got, I mean, you, I don't tell people how to live, but if, if you have to question your own happiness, if someone says, do you feel happy? And you have to think internally for a second. Only you know that, right? Only every individual knows that. So if I ask 10 people, they have to go, oh, I'm happy. Or they have to go, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, if you're that person, let's have a longer conversation where like you could turn that into like, yo, you could be happy, happy, right? Yeah. yeah. You're going to lose some things. You got to separate from some things. You got to, you know, re reset the palette, if you will. Yes, sir. But on the other end, on the other end, man, you could be really excited. I'm 39 years old. I live the life of a, of a 17 year old privileged dude. That's what it seems like. <laughs> I, got a, I got a caretaker and a support system and money in the bank and networks. People want me around. Hell like in that yeah. Way, right. So, Hell yeah. And, I, and that's all from just living a life where I was an offensive juggernaut. Right. But I was ever, I don't, I don't, I don't pull people down to get up. Right? Yes, sir. Anything, yes, sir. I like to hold hands with men and women going forward. It's just way better. It's, it's easier. It's more better. fun, it's so dude. Yeah. yeah, way more fun. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue to, uh, I think, the way we can cap this off here, man. I know we're getting out of time. But um, so so one thing I like to ask people, and like you said, I don't always get the same answer, right? At the end of my podcast, I'll go, hey, man, are you happy? I'll literally ask that question. So you brought it up just now. So let me ask it to you, Cooper James. Are you happy? Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. Not all the time. And, 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 and you know, the, the mind changes like the weather sometimes, right? But like I'm living a life where I feel like I'm experiencing this blessing. I'm not super religious, right? But I'm like, listen, it feels pretty cool to be alive. And I know that only from death, right, that I've experienced on the other people and you said it earlier, I've said it in my narrative in my life, where talk to any old person on their deathbed, they're always telling you, laugh more, love more, live more, take more vacations, don't, don't live in a cubicle, right? And yeah. it doesn't have to be a cubicle. There's some influencers that might want to live in a cubicle. I don't know. Like, it goes both ways, right? But like, there's a life to live in. Unfortunately, you know, they say like youth is wasted on the young or some shit where it's like, you know, you don't get that shit till you get older. And I'm like, are we, they're giving us the answers to the test. They literally it's, it's are. In everything. So yes, I'm just trying to explore this life and, and enjoy it while it's here and show up for it every day. Well, man, hey, dude, you definitely are making the difference in one life right here, bro. I appreciate you, dog, man. That, ah. This has been super beneficial, man. You're you're the man, bro. And I I, I really appreciate your time, dude. And um, dude, I you know, we got to do this again, man. We got to meet up one day and definitely like kick it for a little bit, man. I appreciate you, dog. Yeah, I would love to do that, man. Stay in touch. Let's keep it going. And uh, I look forward to seeing this when it comes out. Happy to be here. Hey to all of Omer's people. Hey. Past, present, and future. <laughs> this guy's going places. He's going places. I liked it. I was happy to be here.